So you're in lockdown. This is not in any way how you thought your year was going to play out. You're grappling with fear, anxiety, disappointment, frustration, maybe even grief. And it's hard to know what to do. Uh, it feels safer perhaps to stay indoors because if you go outside, then you risk death. And you've got no idea how long this lockdown situation is going to last. Of course, right now, that sounds familiar to all of us. But actually, why didn't you come with me 2,000 years ago to a Sunday morning when a group of people were also in lockdown? Their lockdown so far had only lasted two days. It was just on the Friday that their whole world changed. And now they're in lockdown. Jesus, their friend, their rabbi, their leader, had been brutally executed, death by crucifixion, the full force of the Roman Empire doing its despicable worst to put a definitive lid on this would-be Messiah. But they had hoped that he was the Messiah, that, that he was the one who had come to save them, to rescue them from this oppressive Roman enemy. But now the enemy had seemingly won. And their Messiah, Jesus, was dead and cold in a borrowed tomb, sealed with an impenetrably large stone and guarded by Roman soldiers. And all of their hopes crushed, all of the things they were longing for put an end, and now they're in lockdown. And in fact, they're so anxious, so afraid, so grief-stricken that they're literally locked in. They've locked the doors. But they're not just on physical lockdown. They're on emotional lockdown. It feels like joy is locked down. Hope is locked down. Peace is locked down. Even life itself is on lockdown. And this is not the way they thought it was going to be. But, but wonderfully, they had missed it. Despite the fact that Jesus had walked with them and spoken about the reality of this weekend for three years, they had forgotten, not clocked it, not understood what was truly going on. Because Jesus was and is the Messiah. Jesus is the hope of the world, the saviour of the world. He is God who has broken into human history and clothed himself in humanity to save us. You see, Jesus was a revolutionary and, and he had come to take on an enemy, but, but not the Roman Empire, although that was an insidious, despicable enemy to the Jewish people. No, Jesus had his sights on a much bigger, much more formidable, devastating, destructive enemy that was an inescapable reality for the whole of humanity across all of the ages on the cross. On the Friday, Jesus took on that enemy called pride, that thing that we all battle with that tells us that we can figure out life by ourselves, that we don't need God. We've rejected him. We've refused to live the life that he's caused us to live. We think we can save ourselves and that we don't need the one who is the creator of our lives. On the cross, Jesus took on the enemy of selfishness. 
that thing that has a grip on all of us and as a result has a power throughout all of the ages which results in a divide between the haves and the have-nots those people who have health care and justice and food and, and a roof over their head and and those who have toilet rolls in this crazy world that we live in selfishness pride and of course the the fruit, the consequence of selfishness and pride never yields anything good. Selfishness and pride only deal and result in darkness and destruction. They just end in death, death in relationships, death in creation. They never achieve anything healthy or profitable. And so on the cross, Jesus faces that biggest enemy of all, the one that, that we all face, death itself. That's the enemy that Jesus really comes to take on, the formidable enemy of death on the cross. The, the consequences of pride and selfishness, the reality, the curse of death that we all face. And so here are these disciples and they're, they're locked down on the Sunday morning. They're gripped with fear. They feel like heaven is silent, like God has forgotten them. But they didn't realize that in the midst of their lockdown in these last 48 hours, God was at work. God was active, even when they didn't feel he was in lockdown. The reality was that heaven was battling with hell and the author of life was battling with the author of death. And then Sunday comes, the comeback the victory moment, a new day breaks forth. Death is defeated. Jesus Christ has bodily risen from the dead. And what's interesting is that all the gospel writers give us this little nudge. If you read all of the accounts, like the one that Amy read earlier in Luke 24, if you read them all, you'll see that they all talk about on the first day of the week, just as dawn was breaking. On the first day of the week, light is dawning. Now, does that sound familiar? It should. Because what they're all doing is they're giving us a nudge right back to the very first few verses in the whole of the Holy Scriptures, the Bible, the opening verses of Genesis. Because right at the very beginning of this amazing God story, we're told that, that the whole world, the whole universe was just shrouded in darkness and, and emptiness. And God spoke. And the first thing that God did in the darkness and emptiness is he declared, let there be light. And the light determined it was the first day. You see, in the Jewish calendar, Sunday is the first day of the week. And so the disciples are giving us a nod and, and they're, they're saying to us, look what God's doing again. It's new creation. Everything is changing as the dawn is breaking, as the light is coming on this Sunday. Everything is about to change. Light, hope, life has come because Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, God made flesh, has not just broken into human history to reveal what God is like, not just come to die for us, taking on our pride and selfishness and suffering and struggle, struggle and brokenness. But Jesus has risen above those things, defeated them, and he offers hope to every one of us. And that hope on the Sunday morning literally came knocking on the door of those in lockdown literally daring them to believe that everything Jesus said about himself was true 
was true. He is all that he said and all that he can offer. How would they respond to this incredible reality that even in lockdown, God comes to them with resurrection life? And, and this, this God, this, this Jesus who's risen, declares to them as he declares to us 2,000 years later, if we say yes to him, then hope is unlocked. If we say yes to him, then forgiveness is unlocked. That if we say yes to him, then peace and comfort and strength and most importantly, life itself is unlocked. The best life that we could ever have, even in the midst of the storms of life with Jesus on this first day of the week. Just like in Genesis, the writers are saying to us, the risen Christ offers you a new day, a new start, a new life, a new purpose, a new way of living like you are always supposed to live. Life with God for all eternity. But eternity starts now. Everlasting life starts now. The game has changed now. How will we respond? Many 2,000 years ago, when hope came knocking on their lockdown moment, they said, yes, they dared to believe and they went on to change the world, which is why two billion of us are following Jesus today, the risen Christ. Some people doubted. Others thought it was nonsense. And I, I get that. It sounds like nonsense. How can someone thoroughly dead be raised to life again? Only surely someone who is God could do that. And that's the point. And I even wonder if you're watching this and you would put yourself in that camp today where you say, this feels like nonsense. I get that. I understand it. But I wonder if for you or even if for those people all of those years ago who thought it was a nonsense, maybe deep within their soul, they were longing. If only it could be true. If only it would be true. Because the promise of Jesus is that not only do we get hope and life unlocked now, but that we don't even need to fear death. Death will not have the final word and the last laugh over our lives. Because this Jesus, because he rose from the dead, it means that even when this physical body dies, either through old age or sickness, it's not the end of my story. Because heroes, I will rise to life as well to be with God forever. And in that forever, in that new creation, there'll be no more suffering, struggle, sickness, death. None of those things. They come to an end because of what the risen Christ has done. And in between now and that moment when I'm with him, the risen Christ invites me and you as his followers, those who said yes, to literally be his hands and feet in the world on resurrection day on the easter weekend heaven broke into earth in a way it never has before and, and the world has never been the same since and we are invited to join in with what jesus is doing which is what we were always born to do to have life with god and join in with god in seeing heaven break out in the earth and that means that there are some things we want to see on lockdown. We want to see greed on lockdown and we want to see pride and selfishness on lockdown. We, we want to see gossip on lockdown. We want to see injustice on lockdown. And then we want to see other things unlocked 
love and kindness and generosity and justice and, and favor. We want to see those things unlocked because that's the mission of Jesus in the world. How will you respond on the first day of the week as dawn is breaking in the midst of your lockdown? Where will you be? Will you be with those that say yes and believe and take the risk? Or will you just resign it and doubt nonsense? Maybe this is a day to respond. And I want to suggest to you that our response, those of us who call ourselves followers of Jesus, Christians, essentially we pray a prayer that goes like this. And we really pray every day. We say, firstly, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I thought I could live my life better than you. I thought I could lead my life better than you, that my pride got in the way. Forgive me. Forgive me of that. Forgive me of the things that I've done that have hurt other people, hurt myself, hurt you, hurt your world. I'm sorry. Secondly, we say thank you. Thank you, God, that despite that, you never gave up on me. You love me. You died for me. You rose for me and you offer me that forgiveness. And you will never stop loving me. Thank you, thank you, thank you, God, that you want me to be part of your life and your family, both now and forever. Sorry, thank you. And finally, help. God, would you help me to live the rest of my life with you as my Lord, my Savior, my hope. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with your power to live like Jesus in the world, to do the things that Jesus would do today, this day. If he was living and breathing in my body, help me to be like Jesus in the world. Sorry, thank you, help. Why not even now you take a moment right where you are to pause and be saying that on this resurrection day. God, I am sorry for all the things that I have done wrong, all the things that have damaged me, my relationships. I'm sorry for trying to lead my life without you at the center of it. Forgive me. Thank you that you love me. Thank you that you died for me and rose for me and are with me. And help me to take the rest of my life following you and becoming like you. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.